predictions about how distant galaxies are going to look and how, how the microwave background is put together and many, many other things that, that work. So we have, on the one hand, a coherent body of explanations that's built on patient investigation with the most accurate instruments we can ha- find and demanding very high standards of proof. You know, they're trying to push things as hard as possible, make them quantitative, make them precise, worrying when things don't quite agree instead of trying to explain it away. Hmm. And that's been so that, you know, you can compare and contrast <laughs> and you know it when you see it. One of them is scientific. The other is not scientific. I think that that's, hmm. that's the difference. I mean, so it's not even it's not even the subject matter so much as the approach and whether whether it's critical, whether it takes correction and whether it works. And those are mm. those are the defining criteria, whether it's scientific. If we could put the final nail in the coffin of astrology, it seems to me obviously disprovable in at least two ways, or more one and a half ways. I mean, one way to, to <laughs> see that it's almost certainly not true in its basic assumptions is to recognize that this idea that the position of the stars and planets must affect yeah. the life course of a, of a person born based on the, the time and place of their birth, that's belied by the fact that, that a, a doctor or nurse walking by in the hall exerts more of, of nature's forces on, on the child than anything up in the heavens. Yes. If, if you take seriously the successful description of the world, uh, there's no room in it for such astrological mm. influences. That's, that's, that's true. So, so, and, and on the other hand, we have a lot of circumstantial evidence that it's, I mean, we have a lot of more than circumstantial evidence that the principles of that description are remarkably complete. And mm. so the fact that there's no room for it, for astrological influences, means there are no astrological influences. I think that's fair. And, and even short of that, even if, even if we didn't accept physics yet, you could still run the experiment of finding two babies born at the same moment in the same hospital, yes, you know, mere right. feet apart, and you just have to find right. two such babies that have importantly <laughs> different lives. Well, famously, people uh, talked about, I think, going back to St. Augustine, if not earlier, because St. Augustine didn't like astrology either. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he argued about identical twins having very different fates. Right. And right. you might say, they're, well, they're not quite at the same time. But if your predictions depend so sensitively on the exact time, they, they're, they're almost impossible to make in yeah. practice. So, so it becomes empty, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, now we've pissed off the astrologers. Now we can move on to <laughs> well, even more controversial you things. Can, you, know, you, can, you can have fun with it if you, if you have a sense of humor and it gives some people to it gives people a thing to talk about and, and break yeah. the ice sometimes on dates or whatever. But, but no, as a, as, a, as, a, as a serious enterprise for predicting the future or predicting someone's mm. personality, I, I don't think it's serious at all. Well, the, the fun you should have with it is to give everyone Charles Manson's astrological chart and notice that virtually everyone finds something resonant in it with their own personality <laughs> until they find out whose chart it is. So. Then let's start with this issue of intuition and how we use it in reason generally and in in science specifically. And many of the intuitions we need to use in science are 
mathematical and they get pushed into areas where most people's intuitions reliably fail. I guess I'm wondering if I think everybody's <laughs> they uh but the only way to build up intuition is to sort of uh work with nature and think about examples and think about very simple examples and get to more complicated ones and figure out what the equations and experiments are telling you. Mm. So here's a very simple one which boggles the minds of most people. I'm, I'm wondering if you as a, a physicist and, and mathematician ever really gets your intuitions around this. So you take something like the, mm. the validity of exponentiation, the very simple way to to illustrate its powers, you, you ask someone what would happen if you could take a very large sheet of newsprint and fold it upon itself a hundred times in a row, right? And since people imagine doing this, and well, they, they may sense that there's some trick in the off in here, but when you ask them how thick the resulting object would be, many people suggest something like the size of a brick, or they, they get, they sort of <laughs> see how the trick is done, and they think, well, maybe it's, it's, it could be 10 feet tall. If you could, yeah. if you could fold a piece of paper that that many times, but of course it's light years across. I mean, it's, it's galaxy size. If you could 